0: Hi, this is Kim Dixon, and welcome back to Weber County's Greatest Generation. Today we're going to talk about the Battle of the Coral Sea, which took the life of two Ogden boys. And in another one of the amazing stories, their lives seem to parallel each other. So we're going to talk about David Huntsman and Edmund Archibald. They both grew up in Ogden and were the same age. Both attended Ogden High School. One grew up on 2256 Ogden Avenue and the other on 3550 Iowa. Both were the youngest sons of their families. They both joined the Navy at 17 and they both died at age 18, around the same time, in the same battle, far away from home and in a place they had probably never heard of. So we're just going to start off with a little bit of World War II history. And since the Pearl Harbor attack, Japan had dominated the Pacific. In decisive battles, they had created a perimeter from the Aleutian Islands west of Alaska to the Solomon Islands in the southwest Pacific without too much US resistance. In a new battle plan they called Operation Mo, the strategy was to take over New Guinea by invading the capital city, Port Moresby, on the southwest side of the island. That would lead them a clear path to invade Australia only 1,400 miles away. This will come to be known as the Battle of the Coral Sea and took place from May 4th to May 8th of 1942. This would be the first naval battle in history where the two opposing forces never actually saw the other, even though at times they were less than 70 miles away. All of the action would be by planes off the aircraft carriers in the sky. It has been called one of the most confused and confusing battles of all time. After several victories on the other islands east of New Guinea, they felt that the takeover of Port Moresby was only a matter of time and set an invasion date for May 10th. Japan sent in two fleet carriers and a light carrier, the Shokaku and the Zuikaku, both of which had been at Pearl Harbor, and the light carrier Shoho. They had 121 aircraft ready for battle. The United States had learned of Operation Mo through Naval Intelligence. And in an attempt to head the Japanese off, they sent the USS Lexington and the USS Yorktown, with a total of 134 planes. Along with the two aircraft carriers, the oil tanker Neosho and the escort destroyer Sims, accompanied them into the Coral Sea. So this starts our first story, Seaman Second Class David Huntsman, who was born on January 28, 1924, and was assigned to the Neosho. The Neosho was an oil tanker, and as with all other oilers, she was named for a U.S. river. The Neosho River runs from eastern Kansas into the Arkansas River in Oklahoma. She was actually at Pearl Harbor on December 7th when she had just finished filling the Oklahoma when the attack started. She began firing her guns at 805 and was among the very first to do so. The captain ordered all oil lines cut and backed the Neosho away from the dock, narrowly missing the Oklahoma. She backed all the way across the Eastern Channel and survived. Seaman Huntsman was a part of that battle. On May seventh, in the Coral Sea, after the Neosho had refueled the Yorktown, the commander of the operation ordered the oiler and her destroyer escort the Sims to stay behind while the two aircraft carriers went forward to locate the Japanese. The next day, Japanese search planes spotted the two ships and misidentified them as one of the carriers with an escort. At 9 a.m. on May 8th, Japanese planes swooped down on the ship's escort, the Sims. And this is the story told from the Neosho website. During a relentless attack by 62 Japanese planes, the USS Sims valiantly defended the vulnerable Neosho but was sunk with a loss of 237 men. The only survivors, 15 men, climbed into a lifeboat and headed for the Neosho, which had been hit by several bombs and a Japanese kamikaze plane. Burning and immobilized, the Neosho began listing sharply in the choppy seas. Afraid that she would capsize, Captain John Phillips ordered the crew to prepare to abandon ship, but his message was garbled. The next morning, the immobilized Neosha was still afloat, although she was now listing at 30 degrees. Captain Phillips did a head count. Of the 293 men on board before the attack, 20 were confirmed dead, and 158 were missing. It is assumed that those 158 men had heard the order as abandoned ship, jumped overboard, and swam towards the lifeboats. Only 68 could be accounted for. Seaman Huntsman was one. Despite the battering, the Neosho did not sink. They waited in the hot sun for rescue, and three days later they were spotted on May 11th by the USS Henley. After taking the survivors aboard, they proceeded to sink the Neosho so that the Japanese would not find her. It took two torpedoes and 146 shells to send her to the bottom. Five days after the Neosho's crew had been rescued, another American destroyer, the USS Helm picked up four survivors of the attack several miles away. These were the survivors of the group of 68 men who had jumped into the rafts, latched themselves together shortly after the attack, certain that the Neosho was sinking. The group had drifted for nine days in the Coral Sea without food or water, during which all but four had perished, including seaman Huntsman. Going back to the website, shortly after the four emaciated, sunburned, and nearly delirious crewmen were rescued, two of them died. We have no way of knowing the date that Seaman Huntsman died, and so his date of death is listed as May 8th, the day of the attack on the Neosho. Only 111 of the 293 men on the Neosho and 13 of the 252 on the Sims survived. But that attack gave the main fleet time to locate the Japanese and change the outcome of the battle. In June, an article in the Standard Examiner read, David Grattan Huntsman, 18, son of James F. Huntsman, has been reported missing in action by the Navy. Huntsman, a seaman second class, was aboard the tanker Neosho. Last word from him was received by his father on March 12th. He was born January 8, 1924 in Ogden, reared in Samaria, Idaho. He attended Bear River and Ogden High Schools. He was stationed at the Lucene, Utah CCC camp prior to enlisting in the Navy on January 7, 1941. And by the way, this is one day before his 17th birthday. Two of his brothers are in the armed services, Richard serving in the Navy and Samuel serving in the Merchant Marines. A third brother, James F., resides in Malad, Idaho. Two sisters reside in Ogden, Mrs. Alice Brown of 2256 Ogden Avenue and Mrs. Velia Price of 3570 Ogden. A third sister, Mrs. Mary Hall, resides in Salt Lake City, Utah. Seaman Huntsman is listed on the Tablets of the Missing at the American Cemetery in Manila and on the World War II honor wall in the Ogden Cemetery. Our other 18-year-old sailor was on the aircraft carrier, the USS Lexington. Seaman Edmund Wayne Archibald was born on August 26, 1924, the son of Mr. and Mrs. Edmund P. Archibald. He enlisted in the Navy two weeks before his 17th birthday on August 12, 1941. Going back to the battle going on between the large carriers, at 10.40 a.m., a little over an hour and a half after the Neosho had been hit, dive bombers from the Lexington found the light carrier, Shoho. She was struck with five torpedoes when planes from the Yorktown arrived to join the fight, and at 8.35, she sank. In the meantime, at 10.30, the Japanese found the two carriers. Dive bombers hit the Lexington with two two 2-ton torpedoes. This ruptured the aviation gas storage, jamming both elevators and breaching the water main. Minutes later, 33 dive bombers struck the Yorktown once and the Lexington twice, blowing out a 5-inch gun turret and spraying shrapnel everywhere. Now, as the U.S. is leaving the Shoho, which has been sunk, and the Japanese are leaving the Lexington and the Yorktown, they run into each other. After another skirmish in the air, each side lost more planes. At noon on the Lexington, fires started when leaking gas vapors caused a store of aviation gasoline to explode, followed by a chain of additional blasts. An hour later, the captain finally sounded the call to abandon ship. He would not leave his command until over 2,700 sailors, marines, and aviators. Evacuated the Lexington, leaving 216 dead, including Seaman Archibald. The USS Phelps, who had come to the rescue, launched five torpedoes and sunk the Lexington. Interestingly, in March of 2018, the Lexington's remains were discovered about two miles below the surface, resting on the floor of the Coral Sea 500 miles east of Australia. The Yorktown had a direct hit inside, which killed 55 men. Incredibly, that damage was repaired in time for her to be at the Battle of Midway a few weeks later. The Japanese had lost their light cruiser Shoho, and the Shokaku was so badly damaged, she was not able to be in the Battle of Midway. The Zuikaku had lost so many of its planes, the Japanese Navy did not send her to Midway. The Battle of the Coral Sea marked the first time the United States were able to stop a Japanese advance, In addition, two of the Japanese carriers that were to serve in the Battle of Midway weren't there, even in the odds for a U.S. victory. Later on, the Japanese would try a land invasion to take Port Moresby, but it would also fail. Seaman Archibald was one of the 216 killed on the Lexington that day, and in June, the Standard Examiner reported, Ogden Youth dies on carrier. Seaman 2nd Class Edmund Wayne Archibald, 18, son of Mr. and Mrs. Edmund P. Archibald of 3550 Iowa, was killed in action aboard the USS Lexington, according to a telegram received by his father on Saturday. He attended Ogden High School and enlisted in the Navy in August of 1941. He was home on furlough last October for 10 days. The telegram from Rear Admiral Randall Jacobs, Chief of the Bureau of Navy Personnel, read, The Navy Department deeply regrets to inform you that your son, Edmund Wayne Archibald, Seaman 2nd Class, U.S. Navy, was killed in action in the performance of his duty in service of his country. The department extends to you its sincerest sympathy in your great loss. And then this part was something that I found interesting and I haven't seen on anything since this. If not possible to send the remains home, they will be interred temporarily in the locality where the death occurred and you will be notified accordingly. Going back to the article, Seaman Archibald is also survived by his grandmother, Mrs. W.E. Archibald, a sister, Mrs. George C. Redfield of Vallejo, California. I sincerely doubt that any remains were recovered, but Mr. and Mrs. Archibald put a headstone honoring their son in the Altares Cemetery. He is also listed on the World War II Remembrance Monument in the Ogden Cemetery. He was posthumously awarded the Purple Heart, For quote, military merit and wounds received in action resulting in his death. So there's another crazy coincidence of two Ogden boys in the same battle, probably not knowing that the other one was there. I don't know if they even knew each other at Ogden High School, but I thought it was incredible that they were so closely aligned. It is so interesting to me that there are those who are so educated and serving, as well as those 17-year-olds who wanted to serve their country. Well, that's it for another podcast. Join us next week for another story. And remember, you can find the podcast on Weber County's Greatest Generation Facebook page and also on iTunes. Thanks for listening.